Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. All right. How many of you are ready for the message this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, if you have not yet grabbed an outline, there are paper copies in the back. You can go on the church app or the YouVersion app and grab the outline there. Some of you have already grabbed that and you're a little concerned because there are 10 points this morning. See what happens when a pastor takes a week off for vacation. He has all this stuff bottled up. Now, I'm going to give you 10 points as we wrap this thing up. We're going to, we're going to shotgun this thing. We're going to push through it. I'm going to hit, hit each one of these points. I'm going to bump and run. So really listen carefully this morning and take really, really good notes. We're going to wrap up this series that we've called All In, Fully Advancing with God. The, the term all in, let me remind you, literally means to be completely committed to something. So what we've been talking about for the last seven weeks is being co- completely committed to our walk with Jesus Christ. In fact, we're using a section of the scripture that the Jewish people called the Shema. The Shema was a it was so important to them that they would repeat it two or three times per day in their dedication to God. Let me remind you of what the Shema is. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. It says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Listen. That word gives action. It's a response to what you're about to hear. You must love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and strength. That's our all-in moment. That's our commitment moment. Last week, Pastor Luke challenged us to dig down deep, to discover what it is in our lives that we're holding on to that's keeping us from going all in in our walk with Christ. And today, as we conclude this, I want to give you a challenge, a challenge of 10 truths to being completely all in. Now, throughout the message this morning, I'm going to use a lot of quotes from the book All In by Pastor Mark Batterson. Um, The message is not based upon the book by any means. It's just there are a lot of quotes that were very applicable, so I wanted to grab those. Uh, If you haven't read this book yet, I would encourage you, grab a hold of this book and read it. It's a great challenge. Um, All In, Mark Batterson, you are one decision away from a totally different life. So that's just kind of a quick little endorsement. He's not giving me any kickback for that. In fact, he doesn't even know I'm using this, and he doesn't even know who I am. So it's a great, great book. All right, truth number one. Here it is. Relying on self will keep you from going all in. Now, some of the points this morning are going to be very simple. Uh, That's kind of how my brain works. I'm a very simple process type of guy. So some of these are going to be very simple, and some of them you're going to hear, you're going to go, well, duh. But how many of you know, sometimes we need to hear the simple so we can get to where we need to be, right? So point number one, relying on self 
will keep you from going all in. In other words, depending upon your own ability of trying to say, I've got this, I can do it on my own, this time's going to be what? Difference. Difference. How many of you have said that before? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Too late. Yeah, we've said that a lot. This time's going to be different. This time I'm more determined than ever. But depending upon self will keep us from going all in every single time. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. It's not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. It's not that we think that we can accomplish this task all by ourselves, but it's because of who Jesus Christ is. It's because of the price that he paid. It's because of the hope that he has poured inside of us. In fact, in verse 4, he says it this way, we are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. We have this assurance We have this confidence, not in who we are, not in our level of education, not in our financial status, not in the side of town that we live on or the family that we come from. We have this assurance, we have this ability to be all in, to walk in step with God because of Jesus Christ, because of the price that he paid and our trust in him. And the moment we begin to rely upon self rather than relying upon God, we will soon find ourselves in the land of discouragements and doubts. Let me say that again. The moment we begin to rely upon self instead of relying upon God, we'll find ourselves in the land of discouragements and doubt. Would you agree with that? Why? Because we were never created or even equipped to live life on our own. We weren't designed to do this by ourselves. We were designed for community We were designed for a relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Now look at that. It doesn't say blessed are those who have great confidence in self. It doesn't say that, does it? Blessed are those who think they can do it all alone. No. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. It goes on to describe it. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruits. The Bible says that that we are identified by our fruits. 
by the fruit that we bear, by, by what comes out of our lives. Did you know that what's in you eventually comes out of you? It's true. Whatever is on the inside of you eventually is going to come out of you. That's the fruit that you bear in your life. And I'm wondering, are you digging down deep? Are you, are you placing your roots down deep in the soil of a relationship with Jesus Christ? Or is it a surface relationship? The problem with the surface, it soon dries up in the droughts. The leaves begin to wilt. The fruit begins to rot. You see, when we begin to rely upon self, rather than God, we will find ourselves failing to truly go all in. So I wonder, have you begun to place all your trust and all your hope in Jesus Christ? If not, why not? Until you take this great step of faith, until you completely surrender control to God, you will never arrive at the place of truly going all in. You will continue down the same struggle, the same cycle that you've always been on. It's time to stop relying upon self. It's time to begin to lean upon the goodness and the grace of God Almighty. Number two, holding on to old struggles will keep you from going all in. Relying upon self will keep you from going all in. Holding on to old struggles will keep you from going all in. In order to go completely in, all in, in order to start a new journey. Oh, I love this point. Hold on. You must end the last journey and begin anew. Oh, see, I thought that would get like an amen or, oh, that's right, Pastor. Oh, that's good. Look at this. In order... To start a new journey. Now, now we were traveling this last week. We went down to Nashville and, and Franklin and Columbia, all these places in Tennessee and Kentucky. And, and, and as we were going, we would be mid-route driving someplace, and we'd think of something else we wanted to do, and we put it in the GPS, and the GPS would say this, do you want to end the previous notification or destination? I'd have to choose, because if I said Yes, it would end that, and I would start the new journey. If I said no, it would ignore the new journey and just look at the old journey. The problem is many of us in our walk with Christ, we go along and we'll have a great idea. Man, God, I want to do this for you. But we never change course and never get rid of the old navigation. Well, that's good. The problem that many Christians face is that we say that we want to begin anew with Jesus, that we want to walk in victory with God, yet we fail to make any form of change to end the old struggle and the old way of life. And then we wonder why we keep running back to the old struggles and the old junk. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11 Many of you could probably quote this, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. How true that is. Just as a dog returns to the vomit and 
The very thing that once made him sick is now going to make him sick again. And we would look at that dog and we would go, that's gross. Why are you doing that? Yet we do that in our spiritual walk regularly. And I can imagine Jesus standing on the edge of heaven going, that's gross. Why are you doing that? Right? Do you find yourself repeatedly returning to the same foolishness over and over? If so, it's time for a change. In the book All In, Mark Batterson put it this way, if you want to break a habit, if you want to stop a conflict or just leave the past in the past, you need a punctuation mark. A comma won't cut it, neither will a semicolon. You need an exclamation point in your life. Some of you need to place an exclamation point at the conclusion of some area of your life. You've allowed that chapter to replay and, and replay and replay. Second verse, same as the first, over and over and over. It's time for a new chapter in your life. It's time to place an exclamation point and turn the page and begin anew. It's time to allow God to take you from where you were to where he wants you to be. It's time to change. Change the navigation in your life. I want you to take a moment, not for somebody else, but you're for yourself. I want you to identify just one thing in your life that's holding you back, one thing that needs an exclamation point to end so you can move forward with God. So what is it in your life? On your outline today, maybe you need to write this down. I've got it on the screen, but maybe you need to write this down. What is that one thing in your life that needs an exclamation point? Again, this isn't for somebody else. Don't put, well, Johnny needs to do this. Well, mom should do that. No, no, no. What about you? What is it in your life that needs an exclamation point? So you can truly go all in with God. Point number three, truth number three. Going all in will cost you nothing, yet cost you everything. Oh, I loved this. And I'm sitting in my office and I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good stuff. Going all in will cost you nothing, yet cost you everything. Well, pastor, what in the world does that mean? Let me explain it. John 10, 10. Jesus said, I can that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus paid the ultimate price for your salvation. It cost you nothing. Forgiveness for you. Grace for you. A new start for you. Putting in the new coordinates in your life for you. Cost you nothing. Yet it cost you everything. Well, pastor, what's that mean? Matthew 16. Jesus said to his disciples, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. It's a daily commitment to fully surrender to God. It's a daily commitment to put that exclamation point and to be all in for the glory of God. 
Say, Lord, I want to follow you. Lord, less of me and God, more of you in my life. You see, if I want to be all in, I can't rely upon myself. I can't depend upon on me alone. I've got to give it all to God. I can't hold on to the old struggles in life and keep returning to them like a dog returns to its vomit. I've got to realize that it cost me nothing, but really it cost me everything. And number four is this. You must begin to do more with what God has given. Begin to do more with what God has given. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 said it this way. God has given each of you a gift. Let me pause. When I read the truth, some of you are like, well, I have nothing to offer. I'm not talented like Pastor Andy. I'm not gifted in this area like that person. I can't do this. I can't do that. I have nothing to give to God. Well, the Bible says that's where you're wrong. Because God has given each of you. Who does that include? All of us, right? God has given every single one of us in the room today, every single person watching online right now, he's given every one of us a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And here's a challenge. Use them well to serve one another. Now look at that. It doesn't say use them well to gain all the recognition. Use them well to get all the glory. Use them well so you can be in the spotlight and everyone can look at you. No, 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 no. It's all about him. See, going all in takes the focus off of you and puts the focus onto God. We've got to use what he has given us well to pour into those around us. You see, the more that you utilize what God has placed inside of you, I believe the closer we get to him. Why? Because suddenly we begin to see things through his eyes rather than through our eyes. See, when we go on this journey to get glory for self, to promote self, we're always looking right here. What's in it for me? What can I gain out of this? What can I get out of this? What, what's here that I can grab a hold of? But when we begin to set our eyes upon God and say, Lord, it's all about you. Lord, I want to use what you've given me to give you glory. Suddenly we're looking to him because we want to identify with what he's doing. We want to be able to think the way he thinks and see the things the way that he sees them and speak the way he speaks. Suddenly we're closer to him than we've ever been before. You know what? Now we're all in. Mark Batterson said it this way, we can't just do nothing wrong. Let me pause. That's many Christians' goals. Well, I, I've got to do, I can't do any of these things. I, I've, got to, I've got to maintain this list of to-don'ts. 
I remember as a kid, man, alive, we had all sorts of to-don'ts. In fact, the very first membership card that, that I was supposed to sign when I became a, a, an adult and I wanted to become the member of the church, there were all these rules. I won't go to the movie theater. I won't go to the bowling alley. I won't dance. I won't do this. I won't do that. Anybody remember that? I may or may not have crossed out the movie theater on there. I had to see Star Wars. I mean, come on. Superman? I mean, come on. But we had all these to-don'ts, and that was, that's what we were all about. If we, could, if we could just maintain a list of to-don'ts, then everything is going to be great. But Mark goes on to say this, we have to do something right. We can't just do nothing wrong. We've got to do something right. There are many of us in the house today, there are many of us that are watching online right now. We figured out how to not do the wrong thing. Yet we've never made the shift or the adjustments to do the right thing. We're satisfied with avoiding the wrong, but I believe that God is calling us to do something for the kingdom of God. You see, if we want to go all in, if we want to give it all for God, we've got to do more with what he's given us in life. So the question I have for you is, what is the right thing that you need to begin to do today? And I'll challenge you on this. I'll warn you, I guess I should say. If you walk up to me after church one Sunday and say, well, pastor, I really think we need to start a ministry doing fill in the blank, I'm going to ask you, when do you want to start? I'm just warning you up front. Because apparently God's placed that on your heart. So what is the right thing? I'm not saying you need to start a ministry. Maybe your right thing is stop being cranky and smile at people. I'm just saying. Number five, halfway there. Going all in requires dreaming about what can be. Did I miss one? Oh, I thought I heard somebody say four. Four, you must begin to do more with what God has given you. Number five, going all in requires dreaming about what can be. This goes beyond just setting goals, but dreaming a big dream. Dream the God-sized dream. Where would you like to be in your walk with God? What is your spiritual goal? What is your dream for your walk with Jesus? Why not make that dream a reality? Over and over in the Bible, we, we see men and women that God has placed this dream in their heart. And let's be honest, there are times that at the beginning of that dream, they're a little scared. They don't really know what to do. In fact, they might even argue with God a little bit. But as they step out in faith, as they begin to trust in God, God places this passion and this hunger inside of them. But I don't believe it's enough just to have a dream. We must bring that dream to reality. And the only way to accomplish this is to move to our next truth. What is truth number six? Not setting spiritual goals will keep you from going all in. You can have a dream, but a dream without goals is just a dream. 
It's just a nap. We've got to have spiritual goals. Luke chapter 11, verse 28 said it this way. Jesus replied, but even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. How do you put it into practice? You set goals. Someone once said this, you will only accomplish that which you schedule in your life. And I believe that's true. It's true in so many areas, but it's very true in our spiritual walk with God. If you don't make room for God in your life, he will end up being an afterthought that you only pick up on a Sunday morning. You'll find yourself coming to Sunday morning and you'll think, man, I haven't even looked at God's word this week. I haven't even had a God conversation this week. I haven't even prayed 30 seconds this week. You've got to make goals, spiritual goals. If you set those spiritual goals, you'll find that you'll soon be on a path to spiritual maturity and, and growth in God. Again, Mark Batterson said it this way in the book, we won't accomplish any of the goals we don't set. That's good, isn't it? We won't accomplish any of the goals we don't set. Now let me, let me digress for a moment. Don't put your goal way up here and not have little micro goals on the way. Because we put that goal way up here, and sure, you need that. You need the end of the race line. You, you need that finish line. That, that's great. But you've got to have moments in here so you can celebrate every one of those little victories. Right? Maybe it's praying five minutes a day. Maybe your goal is, man, I want to be able to pray an hour every day. And you start tomorrow morning, and you get in there, and you're like, all right, here we go. I'm going to pray an hour today. And two minutes in, you're like, I'm out of things to pray about. Come on, have you been there? And then you're frustrated. You're like, why can't I even pray an hour? Try five minutes. And then let that ten, five minutes turn into ten minutes. Now, I'm not saying your goal has to be an hour. Whatever God's placing on your heart. Maybe it's reading your Bible. Maybe it's, it's reading a chapter a day, two chapters a day. Maybe your goal is to read through the entire Bible in a year. What is your goal? You've got to place those goals in your life. What is one spiritual goal that you could set to move toward all in? What's one spiritual goal that you could set to move toward all in. On your outline, I would encourage you to write an answer for that. Number seven is this. Going all in will require taking risks into the unknown. Going all in will require taking risks into the unknown. What we're talking about here is faith. It's having faith in God. Faith is stepping out even when it doesn't make sense. It's leaning on God even when we can't see what's around the corner. It's believing and obeying no matter the cost, no matter the risk. Now remember the first couple of weeks I challenged you with this. Are you willing to go all in no matter what? 
That's the risk that we're talking about. Look at the book of Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to shotgun through several scriptures here. Chapter 11, beginning verse 1, says, Faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. Verse 3, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. Verse 4, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Verse 5, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up into heaven without dying. Verse 7, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save the family from the flood. Verse 8, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home and go to the other land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren, was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. Verse 17, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Verse 23, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. Verse 24, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 29, it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. And verse 30, it was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. I challenge you today, stop playing life safe. Stop playing life safe. Be willing to take the risk with God. Step out. Go all in. Don't hold back, but give God 100%. Truth number eight, going all in will require a complete dependence on Jesus. A complete dependence on Jesus. As I began to look at this point, I was reminded of a young teenage boy by the name of David. At this time, he's probably somewhere between 13 and, and 15 years old. He's the youngest of his family. He's herding the sheep. He's just kind of watching the sheep, and periodically he'll run some bread to his brothers who are in battle right now. And here they're facing, the Israelites are facing a battle against a giant. His name is Goliath. Goliath was nine feet tall. I, I want you to think for a moment how tall you were at, at 13 years old. Maybe about here. I don't know, some of you here, some of you here, I don't know. Some of you are still here. <laughs> Goliath is nine feet tall, and, and here's what it says about Goliath. Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. I'm not sure when I was 13 I weighed 125 pounds. 
but his coat of mail armor weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor, carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying the shield. Goliath would repeatedly come out and taunt the Israelite army. He said, I'm a Philistine, the champion, but you're only servants of Saul. Choose one of your men to fight me. And here was his challenge. If your man kills me, then we, our entire army, will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. And then he says something. He says, I defy the armies of Israel today. In actuality, he was defying God. He says, I defy the armies of Israel. Send me a man to fight me. This is where David comes on the scene. David been watching the sheep. His brothers are out at war. Actually, his brothers are, are cowering in fear. They're not really fighting. Goliath is taunting, and this goes on day after day after day after day, and finally David goes to take his brothers some bread, and he says, hey, what's happening? What's going on? He hears stories of this giant named Goliath, and I can hear David, well, why doesn't somebody do something about it? His brothers mock him a little bit. Aren't you supposed to be watching the sheep? But suddenly, David is allowed to fight Goliath. Again, this 13 to 15-year-old boy. Saul tries to put his armor on David. Well, that didn't work. David says, let me just use what I know. He reaches in his satchel, pulls out a slingshot, picks up five smooth stones, and he goes to battle. You see, in this moment, David was completely relying upon God. In fact, it says in verse 45 and 46, David looks at Goliath. He says, you come against me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Today, the Lord will conquer you. Look at that. David doesn't say, today, with my five smooth stones and my little slingshot, I will defile you. That's how a 13-year-old sounds, right? Any 13-year-olds in the house? You're a girl. You don't go through that. Not even fair. But 13-year-old boys sound like this a little bit. Could you imagine Goliath in that moment? David walks up and goes, you come against me, but I've got five smooth stones in God. David was completely dependent upon God. He understood the great risk. Two things were in front of him. One, he had to be all in for the battle. 
He had to lay it all on the line, not just for his life, but for this army that's behind him. They were dependent upon David being all in with God. And secondly, he had to come to the place of not depending upon his training with a slingshot. Oh, David was pretty good with a slingshot. But he had to rely upon God. He says, I come against you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. And I wonder today, are you willing to go completely dependent upon God? Number nine, the more all in you become, the more like Jesus you become. This comes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago. We discussed the fact that the more time we spend with somebody, the more we begin to resemble them. The, we pick up their mannerisms, their, their language, their vocabulary, their, their twang of their voice, whatever it happens to be, just by hanging out. Well, the same goes with Jesus. The more time we spend with him, the more time we spend in his word, the more time we spend in prayer, the more like him we become because suddenly his heart is within us. 2 Corinthians says it this way, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Man, when we reach out to those that are broken, when we reach out to those that are lost, when we reach out to those that are far from God and, and say, come back to God, we're his ambassador. And finally, number 10 today, not going all in will keep you from going all in. Not going all in will keep you from going all in. I know that sounds very profound. But if we fail to have a desire or even a willingness to go all in, you'll never come to the place of being all in with God. It will always be surface. I want to challenge you today. We've discussed it over the last seven weeks, but I want to challenge you to begin to apply the Shema. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Let your walk with God move beyond just a surface relationship. Let it move to a heartfelt dedication and dependence upon God. It's time to go all in. Would you pray with me today? God, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts right now. Lord, help us. Lord, there's a lot of these points that are, are difficult. They require us to take a huge step. But Lord, we want to be all in with you. We don't want to go through just the motions. We don't just want to hang out on the surface. But Lord, we want to dig down deep. Lord, speak to our hearts right now. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't have Jesus in my life. 
That's the starting point, folks. That's the starting point. You're here today and you say, I want to give my heart, I want to give my life to Jesus. Again, he's faithful. He's just to forgive you of every sin, all the wrong you've ever done, to make you brand new. If that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus today, would you raise your hand? Would you let me pray with you? Yeah, there's one. Are there others? My second question is this. You're here today and you say, I want to go all in. And as we talked about some of these truths, I haven't applied it in my life. But I want to make the change. I want to do what I need to do to be all in with God. If that's you, would you raise your hand all across the house? Can I get everyone to stand? Prayer partners, if you will come at this time. Prayer partners that are on for the day, come on at this time. As the worship team begins to lead us in the song, if you raise your hand or if God's dealing with your heart for some issue, some situation, and you need prayer today, I'm going to ask you to leave your seat, to come let one of these prayer partners pray for you. Then we're going to wrap up the service. But would you come? Let's pray.